This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Monday, August 8th, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news, have a mini water cooler discussion. This is Slash Home Editorial Director Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Home News Writer and Box Office Analyst Ryan Scott. Hey, hey, everyone. Happy Monday. How's it going? It is Monday, so of course that means, like most weeks, we're bringing uh, Ryan on to talk about the weekend box off who, who box office who is the winners who is the losers and the winner this week seems to be Bullet Train. Uh, it does seem to be Bullet Train indeed, Peter. Um, so Bullet Train, kind this is kind of the last big weekend of the summer. I know we always technically look at like Memorial Day weekend as the end of summer, but. I really think for all intents and purposes, this is it. Um, you know, next week's almost nothing. The following week is Idris Elba's Beast. This was kind of your last big weekend. Um, so Bullet Train, the Brad Pitt starring vehicle directed by David Leach, who I did not know uh, used to be his stunt double, uh, I, which I guess I found out today. I, that was kind of interesting. So anyway, the movie made $30.1 million, uh, topped the box office, um, internationally it did, uh, pretty okay as well. So I believe it had a 65, yeah, $62.5 million global opening. Um, my read of it is that this is very good for non-franchise cinema. The problem is Sony spent $90 million on this. I think the budget inflated beyond what they originally intended for this one. Um, this one filmed like in the dregs of COVID. So I imagine that really inflated the budget, but, um, and by the yeah, way, I mean, that that ninety million is before marketing and stuff. I remember when I told you that when we were discussing uh, the summer movie box office, we were trying to predict the summer movie box office. Which, by the way, Ryan, I gotta commend you. You helped me put together my list, and right now I'm standing at fifty percent chance of winning, which is pretty high. And so, I'm guessing it's some of those ones you weren't looking at too closely before we started talking yeah. about that. But I remember yeah. when we were talking about that and I brought up the budget for bullet train, your reaction yeah. was like, oh, no. Yeah, I got really bummed because I really, you know, we can talk about the, the quality of the movie, but, you know, it hasn't done very well critically. Cinema score is pretty OK, but not great. I, anyway, I liked it. That's not really the point. But so for me, that 90 million dollar figure sucks a little bit. And I think that was Sony letting this get out of hand. But I think it's more important to focus on the idea that a non-franchise film debuted to $62 million. Like that to me is a good thing. In the same way that Nope is about to cross $100 million domestic, um, 
you know, just it's the universal overspent a little bit like th- this happens. But but uh, yeah, so I think that was that was really the big story this weekend. Easter Sunday, Joe Coy's new comedy, more or less going to be a bomb. Five point two million opening against a 17 million dollar budget came in all the way at number eight. It's just going to fall off the charts next week, probably. So, I mean, you know, not not a very good not a very good start there. Um, uh, uh, worth noting uh, in the coming weeks. Bodies, bodies, bodies. The new A twenty four horror flick uh, opened at two twenty two hundred twenty six thousand in six theaters. Uh, so that figures to do kind of well in the in the coming weeks here. Um, but yeah, I mean that that was one of the main things. Uh, uh, Minions: The Rise of Gru crossed nine hundred million. It secured a release date in China, so it's probably going to hit a billion. Uh, the other big thing is Jurassic World Dominion uh, officially is our number two biggest grocer of the year. At 960 million, it passed uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Remains to be seen if Jurassic World Dominion can get that other 40 million dollars to to take it over a billion. If it does, it will put the Jurassic Park franchise past six billion all time worldwide. So, uh, some stuff to pay attention to. Yeah, and also Top Gun Maverick who passed another major milestone, right? Oh, yeah. It passed Black Panther worldwide, uh, which is uh, so it's number 13 all time now. If it can get to one point four billion, it can overtake Age of Ultron. I think that would be as far as it would go. Um, I don't know if it gets to one point four five to overtake uh, Frozen 2. Uh, Also worth pointing out, holy shit, Frozen 2 made one point four five billion dollars. But yeah, that's that's uh, that's where it stands. There's uh, one other news story I wanted to mention uh, before we talk about movies, uh, and that is Scoob Holiday Hunt. This is the the animated sequel uh, holiday movie that was axed by Warner Brothers Discovery, even though it was like 95% completed or something like that. Uh, it's, it's never going to see the light of day. We talked about that uh, last week. Uh, there's a new story today that uh, it's forging ahead with recording the score for the movie. And and the reason is kind of, uh, I guess, uh, the title we have on, the headline we have in Slash Home is for an understandable reason. But I think it's kind of a sad reason. (laughs) So... I think it can be two both things at once. It It is understandable and sad, although I have my theories on this, but please go ahead. Okay, so they are still gonna record the score for this film. And the reason why is they've already hired all the musicians, all the, the they they rented out the recording stage, and all this money has already basically con, is contractually obligated to go to these people. So they they need to show up and uh, you know get paid for what they they were contracted for. Uh, there's this quote. Uh, so what do you do when the movie is canceled? But you've already paid for a stage and the musicians to record the damn score. W- what is your theory, right? Well, I, so I, I think if I were to guess, I mean, okay, so look, so, all right. Yes. The money was already spent. Yes. I mean, you could easily have these people say, forget it. We're not going to do it. And what's the studio going to do? But I think the thing is that like, here's the thing, this is going to be dead money on the books for a while. At some point, at some point, it might become prudent for Warner brothers to be like, 
hey, you remember those movies we canceled? Or at least this one. I think Batgirl might be a different story, but this one they might be like, you know, oh man, it's coming out of the vault. I don't know. Or like someone does the Deadpool thing and they leak it. And then, hey, wouldn't you know, you got a nice score to go with it. Um, I don't know. I do think that at some point, it is still hard. Do you hard think for- they can even do that with the accounting that they're they're taking? Like the reason why they're not releasing, it, as you, you mentioned last week, was they're basically taking this loophole of an accountant deduction. And I feel like if you do that, you you can't release it. I have right. no idea how that all works. <laughs> like I am yeah. not. I, I but but I think maybe there's a time period on it. Maybe you can eventually unload it to someone else. I don't know. Batgirl, Batgirl, look, if you completely move on from this version of the DCEU, which looks completely likely at this point, I kind of see not letting that see the light of day. This movie, though, at some point, I got I I, I just feel like it's if it was this close to being done, I wonder if we're not going to at some point, maybe eventually like the Richard Donner cut of Superman two or something like it might just eventually come out somehow, some way, be it through proper channels or improper channels. Was Scoob holiday hunt just going to be like an HBO max thing? That was the idea. Yeah. That's why they canceled it. I think if it had been aiming for theatrical, it might've been a different story. I, I don't get the reason what? not to release this. I, well, my girl... thing was my thing was with Scoob Holiday Haunt is that like it's a much lower budget and and I, I, that first one seemingly did really well on VOD and it was released in 2020, so you can't blame it for not making any money in theaters. Like this one, I felt like at that budget level, I don't see why you don't put this thing. in. this one was more. I, I hate to say it, this one was more confusing to me than Batgirl. Like, Batgirl was more eye-opening. This one was more confusing. Like, the only costs I can think of that are involved here, like, you know, marketing, doing, like, a press junket. Nowadays, a lot of that is done over Zoom anyways. I can't imagine it would cost more than a couple million dollars. Maybe there was was some incentive. Maybe it depends also how close it was to finish, right? Like, because the thing is, if they they do finish, it's still going to involve some money to finish it. Yeah. So like, you know, they just maybe decided, screw it, we're done. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, this is this one I don't to me and this could just be incorrect. This does not feel as dead in the water to me as as Batgirl does. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if if, if Scoob uh, shows the light of day. Uh, with his holiday haunt anytime soon. Uh, but, you know, uh, we've been seeing some movies lately. I wanted to have a mini water cooler discussion here on the podcast. I, I haven't really participated in many of the water coolers recently. But I, I saw Nope uh, a couple days ago. And uh, first of all, Ryan, have you seen Nope? I have. Are we, because I have not gotten to talk about this with anyone yet. Are we doing spoilers here for this one? Uh, let's not do spoilers. Okay, then I have nothing articulate to say about Nope, because there's one thing about Nope that I desperately want to talk about, but it involves spoilers, so... You know what? Maybe we can keep that till the end of the podcast. We'll we'll tell people to to sign out at the end of the podcast, and you you can mention that. Uh, Okay, because I have nothing... Let's talk talk about Prey first, then, okay? Let's start with Prey. Okay, let's talk about Prey first, but also Nope has been out for a few weeks, so I think we can get a get away with spoilers more with that one 
I just like putting spoilers at the end of the podcast because then people can tune out and they don't have to like, you know. Okay, fair enough. But let's do Nope last then. Okay. Uh, Prey is a new film. It's a it's a Predator prequel. It's from Dan Trachtenberg. Uh, I think I already gave you a little bit of my opinion on this movie in a previous podcast. But Ryan, I know you you finally saw it on you saw it on Hulu. Yeah. So what I did is I I we'd already talked I, and I've been very vocal about this. I desperately wanted to see this movie in a theater. It was one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Uh, I love Dan Trachtenberg. I fucking loved 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, I have been eagerly awaiting this guy's next movie. Um, and it just so happened to be in a franchise that I felt like was ready for something. And uh, holy shit, did I love this movie. I, uh, I, I watched it with a few of my friends back home in Arizona. We did like a little Zoom thing. So, you know, we kind of, but anyway, it was a, uh, Holy shit! I I, uh, and, and I and I still feel strongly after having seen it that it that it it demanded. It feels like this was made with a with the big screen in mind. This did not feel like your average streaming movie. Um, it, holy shit! I I love this. I love it. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I haven't gone far enough to be able to like be very articulate about it yet. But other than to say like, holy shit, this was cool. I loved it. Like I absolutely <laughs> loved it. I have nothing bad to say about it. It's like 90, it's like a little over 90 minutes, gets in, gets out, it moves, it looks great, Predator looks awesome, like, it it just, it just delivers, it delivers so big, I loved it. Uh, again, full disclosure, I'm friends with the director, so take anything I say with the grain of hot salt, but I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, the first time I saw this movie, uh, I was, the thing that I think at first kind of surprised me is how beautiful of a movie this is like shot in Calgary and just like how, uh, I don't know. I didn't expect a predator movie to be this beautiful. Oh no. Um, but I, I, I know that probably doesn't, <laughs> you don't really hear many people describing this movie as beautiful. Uh, but yeah, it, the action is great. The, the score is incredible. Uh, the, the, what, what's her name? Uh, Amber Amber Mid Thunder, I believe it is. Yeah. By the way, how cool of a name is that? Uh, I was thinking that all because I wanted because I looked up everyone who was involved afterwards because like obviously obviously there's a lot of times like we're seeing like these actors and I was like and when I looked her up I'm like what a cool ass name I had that same thought I was like oh that's awesome yeah no that, that is a cool name and I think she has made a name for herself I'd love to see her do some more stuff. And, uh, you know, you mentioned, should this have been a theatrical movie? And I think the answer is a hundred percent. This should have been a theatrical movie. Uh, what I'm about to say is not based on anything that I've talked about with Dan Trachtenberg or whatever. Don't point fingers in that direction. Um, this is just my assumptions on things, but I think this movie got, um, was kind of in development before Disney acquired Fox and, I I, I I mean, I do know for a fact that Dan was developing it before Disney acquired Fox, uh, personally developing it. So I'm assuming it was there at that time. And I, I think that Disney Fox thing kind of screwed things over. I, I You know, I was doing some research, Ryan, and I was looking – I did a search about uh, Fox, and I came across an article that you wrote – for slash home.com. 
<laughs> it was an article on how there's this deal between 20th Century Fox and HBO Max. And yes, it was a very peculiar deal. Yeah, and they actually like cut down the deal, I think. I think the deal ends at the end of this year. But the the bad news in this deal is Prey is included in this deal. And what that means is any movie released by 20th Century Fox that was produced by 20th Century Fox like during a certain time period, uh, if it's released theatrically, it needs to go to HBO Max for a certain amount of time, which I'm not sure your article didn't state. I'm guessing it's at least six months, if not a year or something. Yeah, like it that. didn't. It, that the, the windowing wasn't clear when that came up, but essentially what happened was, um, because of contracts that existed before the Disney Fox deal was cut, there became this weird opportunity where now Disney and, and HBO are sharing a few streaming releases essentially where like you'll have movies like free guy that will go both to like Disney plus and HBO max. So like, but that's movies that touch theaters. So that's the important thing here. Yeah. So I think um, if they had put this in theaters, unfortunately it would have been like an HBO max thing. And then I don't know. <laughs> There's like some drawing lines there of like, you know, the studios competing in, with each other in the streaming wars. It's uh, it's extremely clear to me. It's extremely clear to me that, and I knew we're not the only one to su- suspect this. I was not yeah. the only one to suspect this. Very clear to me that Disney said, we're not helping out the competition. So we're not going to put it in theaters. Yeah. And I'm assuming to, to get out of that deal with some of those films, because only like half the films went to Disney plus and HBO max. I'm assuming that cost Disney a good amount of money to, 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 to do that. And that didn't include Prey. Um, probably because at the time they didn't see Prey as being something that would be on Disney Plus. But strangely, internationally, you can go on Disney Plus and watch Prey, which is so weird to me. But um, that's where we are now. Uh, but yeah, so it's not a theatrical movie. That sucks. I wish it was a theatrical movie because I, this movie played so well when I saw it at the premiere, like people were cheering, people were clapping. It was just a fun time had by all. And I wish people could see it in the, in the theater. And I think last week I said that this might be the only made for streaming movie that didn't have a theatrical run that is going to be like remembered in 10 years. And uh, I, I've been thinking about that ever since. And I, I cannot think of another one. I really can't think of another one that's going to have a legacy. Uh, do, do you think they're going to make a sequel to this? Oh, I don't think Disney's done with Predator at all. I mean, especially because this week they have the new Predator comic coming out for Marvel, which I am reviewing for us, I should mention. Um, but uh, but um yeah, so I think I and I think the reaction to this has been so so good and so strong and I that I would wager they're going to make another movie and I would bet this next one does go to theaters. Yeah. Do you think it will follow the events of this or do you think it'll be something totally different? You know, I'd be curious. I think if you did following the events of this, it might take a little bit special of the specialness out of it. I think this story yeah. was nice and contained. I think what everyone has been pitching on Twitter is like, <clears throat> just drop the predator into different time periods. And I wouldn't, and I would not be surprised if that's the way they go with it. <laughs> but because like, I'm, medieval but, 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 times. but for real, cause then you're not super chained to continuity. And it and you can allow a filmmaker a lot of freedom if someone has a good take. It's actually a really smart idea for this franchise. 
Oh, it's brilliant. or you just go with what me and my brother pitched years ago, and you get a, uh, I believe, um, uh, MGM's cooperation, and you do Chucky versus Predator. That's our idea, but you know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that would be. Oh, me and my little brother, two hours on the phone one day, we had a three movie pitch lined up that eventually gets you to Terminator as well. Oh, and then the fourth movie you you had in the Leprechaun or something. Um, okay, <laughs> anyways. Uh, well, the second you know- movie was Chucky versus Alien versus Predator, and then the third movie was Chucky and terminator and predator you know look i'm just saying it would be a good idea if hollywood had it had was wise you know they would listen to me yeah uh i think on twitter you're like let dan trachtenberg direct anything i said let him do whatever the fuck he wants i don't care just let at this point he is coming to two franchises that were in very weird places and just absolutely cranked it out of the park uh let the guy do whatever the hell he wants what would you like to see personally Dan Trachtenberg direct next? Um, I, you know, truth be told, like in both cases, like 10 Cloverfield lane was such a surprise. And so was this, I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, like I'm trying to think of a franchise that like has, has, Oh, you know what? Actually, you know, Terminator has been in a big, there's no way Terminator is going to be dead forever. <laughs> And like it's and it's been a while since someone got ter- like I know some people like Terminator Dark Fight. L- let let Trachtenberg do like what he did with these two movies, slightly smaller budget, do like a smaller scale, more horrorist Terminator movie. Let let Dan do a Terminator movie. There we go. That's what I'd say. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I've been thinking a lot about this. Like, what would I like to see Dan? And you know, obviously, I'm a huge fan of Star Wars, so I'd love to see him do Star Wars. But obviously, that comes with some creative ties and some, you know. You know, there's like a fandom that demands certain things and there's, you know, the company is trying to course correct that franchise. And uh, I'm not sure if that's a good place to be if you're an artist at this point. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know what I want to see Dan Trachtenberg do next. I know that he had this project over at Universal at one point called Crime of the Century. There, there's actually a documentary that came out, I think, called Crime of the Century since then. But that was the name of uh, his movie. And I had learned a little bit about that. And that sounded really, really, really cool. And I hope maybe one day he gets to make that. I, I'm betting anything, the the doors of Hollywood are about to be opened up to him in a way they weren't after 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. And, uh, and I bet you anything, it's going to be like Universal or Sony being like, what would you like to put in theaters, Mr. Trachtenberg? You know, like like a, a studio or, or Warner Brothers for that matter, because they could use a filmmaker right now. Uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, so I feel like or, or Disney wises up and they go, OK, sorry about this. What do you want to do next? And we promise it'll go to theaters, sir. You know, like, but, but I do feel like after this, coupled with what he did with 10 Cloverfield Lane, like you can look at that. It's not a fluke now. And some and and any company that has a bit of IP is going to be like, you got any thoughts? What do you want to do? Uh, I think he's going to get a lot of calls. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, let's talk about Nope uh, quickly before you get into spoilers. I'm going to tell you what I thought of Nope. Uh, Jordan Peele is someone who, you know, he's one of those filmmakers that when you say his name is on something, I want to see it. I immediately need to see it Uh, sight unseen of like what even the project is Uh, get out was great. Uh, um, Oh my God. What's the name of the uh, us? Sorry. His his follow up film us. When I saw it at first, I had some like hesitations. 
Like there, I liked it, but there were some things that bothered me about like the logic of the, the underground or whatever it's called and the whatever. And then the more I started discussing it with, uh, actually, uh, my colleagues here at Slash Film, and also the more I like read like people's theories and stuff, the more I ended up liking us. I actually think I like us more than Get Out now, which is actually shocking. I, I love I loved both of them. I loved get I love 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 Get Out, and I and I and I was one of the people like like because I know us was a little more divisive. I walked out of it being like, yep, nope, loved it. Like I didn't have any like I, I yeah, it's a little bit more weird for sure. But like, but I liked I liked and visually. I thought us yeah. was you know pretty pretty impressive. Well, th- that's one thing that's kind of shocking about Jordan Peele is not only is are his films funny, which you expect because of his background. Uh, uh, they have something to say, which, um, you know, they, they have like layers to them that you can dissect, but also he, he tends to have some very iconic horror imagery in every one of his films. Like it almost seems baked in there. Like he like had some images in his head that he wanted, you know, that he knew that could like permeate, permeate, uh, you know the the history of cinema, and um, anyways, to, to get to his latest film, Nope, I was very excited to see this. The trailers uh, excited me greatly. You know, obviously, I I thought it was about what it's about um, by the trailers. I think the second trailer kind of gives that much away, so uh, uh, not spoiling that, but whatever. Um, I ended up not liking this. I, I think I was disappointed. Okay, but what, but what you're saying is you the trailers give away that it's about aliens. That's clear. Or UFOs. UFOs, sure. It's a, a, UFOs. But are are we can we talk spoilers yet? Okay. Spoilers for Nope coming up. So if you haven't seen Nope, uh we will we'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. okay. So spoilers so, for Nope. So Peter didn't like it. Fair enough. We can get more into that. Oh, in a second, wait, 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 wait. Before uh, before you get into your spoiler thing, I just want to say that um, the action, it, it, like the filmmaking in this movie is great. The set pieces, the action, it's all like more than competently done. Like it's, it's on the edge of your seat. But I think for me, what doesn't work is it feels like an amalgamation of like five ideas that were crammed together and don't quite eloquently go together. Does that make sense? I mean, I, 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 yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So what did you want to say about Nope? Okay. So here's the thing. I think I liked it more than you overall. I loved the, the, it looks great performance wise i mean daniel kaluuya what can what can you yeah. not say what can you say about it? i mean the the difference in performances that that like you look at like widows get out this i mean my god he's, he is quickly becoming one of the best we have um but uh but yeah i mean so for me i loved the conceit it had one of my favorite scenes of the year in it which is in the barn when you think you're seeing the aliens for the first time but it's like the kids messing with them like yeah. the deception in that scene is so good because it all's the breadcrumbs of like what is really going on here and i loved the what is really going on here the fact that like it's not just a ufo it's one big giant monster so like this is actually like a secretly like a monster movie i thought that was so cool 
except if you're going to do a monster movie, the monster movies kind of got to look cool. And I thought the monster looked super lame. Uh, so, so for me, yeah. that was real tough to get around. Yeah, I, I think a, a lot of the problem to me is it just I didn't understand. I mean, I've I've looked at theory videos. I've read up on it since seeing the movie because I was hoping it was going to be like us where I was going to read more into it and it was going to uh, and I was going to better understand the layers of the movie and it was going to make me appreciate it more and i get everything i get what everybody's saying uh about the stuff but it really feels like this you know this kid actor with the uh, the monkey that went out of control on set uh character like it, it, i don't know I, I i get that it reflects some stuff in the uh, i don't know it doesn't feel like it goes together is what i'm saying right and like at the end like some tmz guy just shows up it just feels like very disjointed it doesn't feel like the screenplay of like this feels like a film like an accomplished filmmaker at the top of their game making a great movie but then the for me the screenwriting is where it kind of like doesn't like it felt felt like a first draft it doesn't feel uh i'm, I'm going to steal something from uh, i listened to the film cast and uh jeff canada mentioned this but he mentioned that uh the main character at one point has this epiphany of how how to defeat or you know how not to get killed by the 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 monster and like once he has this epiphany like it's now fact there's no like testing it out there's no like i don't know it just felt like so not as the the writing wasn't as smart as what i normally get from jordan peele but um i mean i get what you're saying you, you didn't think the monster looked cool I, I like that it was like the UFO was the monster and it was like changed forms, but yeah, it didn't necessarily look, it it was different, but was it interesting? I don't know. To, to me. And look again. So for me, I've tried not to hold this against the film personally, because like, this is my personal take on it. And like, I had a buddy of mine point out that I think God, what it was some, famous bit of sci-fi sort of like described like potential like alien life looking like this and so it was kind of like a, an interesting you know interpretation of that stuff so it was like okay i can maybe understand but for me personally like as a man who loves yeah. monster movies like this monster just didn't work for me and so like that was kind of disappointing because for me the rest of the movie i admit uh, some of your points stand to me like it's not as I, I don't know that it's maybe quite as messy as you're making it out to be, but like to me, it didn't, it didn't come together in some ways as well as the other two movies did. But I think I sort of liked the, the big swing and the grand nature of it. I just yeah. wish that element had, like if that element had delivered, I would have loved this movie. It just, <laughs> it just fell short in that one way. <sighs> I wish I liked the movie more. Um, it's still not a bad movie. I'm I'm glad I saw it in the movie theater. I would I would recommend go people go check it out. But I don't think I think it's going to be way more divisive than is. I mean, it probably has been. I haven't. I, I think it's going to be less divisive than us was because us actually conversationally is pretty divisive. Like if you talk to your average moviegoer, um, I think this is actually more likely to to win over kind of your average person. Um, but. But I think like if this is your worst movie of the first three movies you've made, you're doing very well. Yes, I, I guess the worry, and I've, I've seen a bunch of people say this online, is Jordan Peele, 
repeating the same filmography as M. Night Shyamalan? Is this his signs? That is, I mean? a, like, is this- that is a really like frustratingly reductive take to me. <laughs> and I feel like such a pretentious asshole anytime I use the word reductive, but that feels frustrating. But me. I mean, you look at the first three films and like the first film was t- he was taken as like the next Spielberg. I mean, I obviously that was there's some controversy behind that title. Um, and then the second film, Unbreakable, was more divisive. And then this film, you know, there's a way to kill the alien that just really like, I don't know. It just uh, there are some you don't see the parallels here. I'm not saying I don't see some parallels, but I but I'm saying I think again I think that is wildly deduct like just 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 I don't know I to me that is I look I I I am but one simple man who considers himself a very surface level viewer and sure there are some vague similarities there of. But even, uh, I don't know, like, what are you going to do? I mean, uh, the only comparisons between Get Out and The Sixth Sense are that they're both incredible feature directorial debuts. They're not remotely similar movies. Unbreakable and Us are not remotely similar movies. Uh, You're really only drawing a comparison in that the third movie was an alien movie. I don't know. I'm comparing, like, the reception of the first two movies, I I think, more so than... I guess. I don't know. I mean, you really want to get into it. (laughs) The Sixth Sense made way more money than Get Out made. Like, way more money. Yeah. Like, not even sort of kind of close. Like, 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 by a factor of three, I think. You know, so, like, so... I don't know. That's Like, I sort of see, like, that's fine. You can say, like... They're both great filmmakers, and there's maybe some similarities there in the early going. But to say that, like, to to sort of lead yourself to the conclusion that like Jordan Peele's going to eventually make a a Last Airbender is <laughs> Lady in the Water. Oh, I hate Lady in the Water so much. But like, yeah, just to <laughs> I, I to 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 lead to the conclusion that Jordan Peele's going to make something like that is to me, I I don't know. Yeah, that that's a bit of a reach for me. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that it, it, it. I'm not sure I'm saying that right. I, I, I'm just saying it, it's interesting the parallels uh, of those three movies, and I I don't think Jordan Peele is gonna have the career trajectory of M Night Shyamalan. I think we're gonna continue to see some great stuff from him, but I'm hoping his next great thing is uh more more fully cooked from I don't know I, from uh, definitely like the theme standpoint oh no anyways uh ryan when i asked you to be on today's podcast i told you this was going to be under 30 minutes we've successfully gone over 30 minutes yet again would you would you would you just stop assuming that that's going to happen because like because like i uh peter the dirty little secret about me is i really (laughs) like hearing myself talk just a little bit too much so you know it's probably never gonna okay next time i just won't look you in the eye so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay uh you can find more of all of our work slash you can find this podcast on apple google overcast spotify all the popular podcast apps please feel free to send your feedback questions comments concerns to us at peter at and please rate and read this podcast on apple podcast tell your friends spread the word and we'll see you tomorrow this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.